This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As we hit the All Star break, so a good time to take a little look uh, back at the baseball proceedings and a look ahead. Um, Let's start with the Yankees because they made news yesterday. You know, really uh, scapegoating the batting uh, coach, making an in-season change, which is extremely rare for the Yankees and their coaching staff. But, you know, basically laying the blame somewhere. Their their first-half performance especially since Judge went out, has been so abysmal offensively that they had to do something. They had to blame somebody. But let's be honest. Let's put the blame where it belongs, and that is on the people who built the roster, and that starts with Cashman. This roster has been a farce. This lineup has been a farce from the start of the season. You know, they needed left-handed hitting. They didn't go out and get any of any quality. And now since Rizzo has gone into this major, major funk uh, on May 20th, and in his last 38 games, he has been just awful. He's, had, he's hit 150. He's had no homers. He's had 10 RBIs in basically a quarter of the season, except for the Saturday performance where he hit the monster homer on the left and then hit the foul pole in right. Other than that, Stanton has done absolutely nothing also since Judge has gone down. When they needed their two big other bats, two big bats that you could call 30 home run bats. RBI guys, middle of the order guys, guys who had to carry the team with Judge out. They have both failed miserably. But the Yankees continue to basically thumb their nose at at any progress. They continue to put Donaldson in the lineup. Why? Because once in a while he falls into a pitch. He can hit a mistake. That's what it comes down to. Donaldson can hit a mistake. And he has power. He has done something that is very unusual this year. He's got 15 hits on the season. He's been almost an automatic out. He's batted 150, but he has hit 10 home runs. So they can leave him in the lineup. He's got 15 RBIs. He has made out in so many big spots. It's ridiculous. And then the Yankees decorate this lineup with the worst corner outfield talent that you've ever seen. They can't catch the ball, half of them, and none of them hit. And they still try to sell you guys like Cabrera. I'm not trying to pick on Cabrera. He's no good. And they go out there, and they get beat by pitches they should never get beat by because of the fact that they're an all-right-handed hitting team. They put a couple of bad left-handed hitters in the lineup, and then Rizzo doesn't hit, so you have no left-handed presence at Yankee Stadium. You could throw righties at the Yankees all day long. Why wouldn't you? A righty curveball guy, a guy who can do that, 
like we saw on Friday night, can mesmerize the Yankees with because he doesn't have to do anything against lefties. There's no lefties that can hurt you. The Yankees used to put up five guys who could hit the ball into the lower deck anytime. Now they don't have any with Rizzo being the way he is. So they fired a batting coach. What a joke. First of all, you know my theory on batting coaches. Hitting is an individualistic thing. Everybody hits differently. So what you really are is a psychologist. Walk the guy into doing the things that he does well. It's not like I have a way of teaching you to hit and you're all going to hit my way. No, everybody hits individually. And that's why batting instructors are a farce. I've always said that in the major leagues because guys, by the time they're in the major leagues and established, they hit the way they hit. Yes, they go through good times and bad times. Yes, they sometimes get into slumps. They hit, They go after bad pitches. They have to get, they, they should obviously understand the repertoire of each pitcher and do their homework. But the bottom line is hitting is a very individualistic thing. Always has been, always will be. Otherwise, you wouldn't have guys who never swing at a pitch a quarter of an inch off the, off the strike zone and who are very successful and guys who swing at anything, anywhere, over the head, in the ground, bouncing, and they hit 300 that way. Because everybody hits differently. You want to bring in a new batting instructor? Go ahead. Who cares? You think that's the answer? Try getting some hitters. That's the answer. The Yankees have two guys in this lineup who are th- over 30% on base percentage. Their whole lineup is decorated with guys who have 500 and 600 OPSs. The Yankees don't have, the other Cubs the other day started a lineup with four guys who had 800 OPSs. The Yankees had none. They're an embarrassing offensive team, and they're put together terribly. Volpe's shown good power. He has fought through a terrible slump, which he had early in the season. But he doesn't walk. He's got a 280 on base percentage. He strikes out a lot. He's not a leadoff hitter. Take him out of the leadoff spot. Trying to jam him into the leadoff spot. He doesn't hit when he's in the leadoff spot. I know he hit a homer yesterday. The bottom line is he hits home runs. He's got 13 home runs. If he didn't have that, he'd be in the minors. Because he was hitting 190 most of the first half. And now he has a hot streak. I'm not abdicating doing anything to Volpe. Leave him alone. He's shown he can go through this. And if he has 20 home runs in his rookie year and he hits 220, you know what? It's a great learning experience for him. But he's not a leadoff hitter. Take him out of the leadoff spot. The problem is the Yankees don't have a leadoff hitter. LeMayu is nowhere. Torres is not a leadoff hitter. Rizzo is not a leadoff hitter. They don't have a leadoff hitter. They don't have anything that even approaches a leadoff hitter. They don't have a set-the-table guy. And their approach to play is a joke. And Rizzo and Stanton have been embarrassing. So what do they do? They fire the batting instructor. So great. Go outside the organization, get a new batting instructor. You think that's going to be the answer? You're out of your mind. 
It'll be the answer when they put some guys in who can hit. And some of these guys start carrying their own weight who they have to rely on, like Judge. Well, Judge, he's got to come back from the injury. It's not his fault. But, but Rizzo and Stanton and LeMayu, who have had nightmare runs here. And if they're going to think that they can carry a team as is, I heard Boone after the game say, I can't wait to go to the second half and go to battle with these guys. If you go to battle with that lineup, you are going nowhere. You could make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. They have enough pitching and the payroll and the talent. They should make the playoffs just on their pitching staff alone. Although the bullpen, I told you all year, is not as good as people think, and it has shown that in the last week. And I don't trust it in the big spot. I've told you that a hundred times. You can give me the numbers all day. And until the last 10 days, their numbers were the best in baseball. But I don't think it's a great pen. And I don't trust it. Starting pitching should be fine. I don't have an issue with that. Rosan gets these healthy. And then if they can get Cortez healthy by August and, you know what, slip the other guys in. They'll get enough out of Herman and Severino and everybody else to get the job done with their starting pitching. I don't worry about that. But their offense is a joke. And if you consider that a radical move to get rid of the batting instructor, give me a break. That's a move to show you, hey, you know what? We were proactive. We got rid of the batting instructor. We threw him out. How many times did he fail in a big spot? None. Because he's not up. It's not on him. He's there to hold people's hands. Tell you, hey, let's look at that home run you just hit on video. Hey, let's look at this picture on video. Let's look at what this guy throws. But he can't go, he can't help you in the batter's box. And it doesn't matter what his name is. That's not why the Yankees aren't hitting. They aren't hitting because their hitters aren't any good. And they have no balance in the lineup for so long, it's ridiculous. You play in a park that favors left-handed hitting power. It is what has this, this franchise has been built on, and you run away from it. They need proven left-handed hitting. Case closed. All right, they tried a couple of guys last year and it didn't work out. Doesn't mean you stop doing it. Would Cody Bellinger help? Yeah, he would help. That's a step in the right direction. We can go down a list if you want of left-handed hitters, but they need proven left-handed Hitting proven left-handed power. Right now, the Yankees are a game out of the wild card. That's fine. If they don't make the playoffs, it's another embarrassment. If they do make the playoffs, they're not going anywhere with this lineup. Nowhere. They have not been, without judge, they are not a good team. With Judge, they are a playoff team, but they are not anywhere near. And, and Boone calling them special. Give me a break. Special what? 
got two guys who have over 30% on base percentages and you call the team special? You decorate the lineup every single day with guys that aren't even hitting 200 and you call the team special? Go look at the 98 Yankees. That's special. How can you call this team special? Or even, even think of calling this team special? I mean, this team for the Yankees is just way, way below past standards. I mean, you look at this lineup with Outstanton and Rizzo hitting. Bader is a solid player. He hits well with runners in scoring position. He's only hitting 257, but you know what? He's driven in some big runs. He plays good defense. I can live. Uh, he, I don't have a problem with him. Cabrera, uh-uh. LeMayu, you got to run with. You have no choice. I just don't know if it's going to turn around. Volpe, you're going to live with. The two catches I can live with. But the other guys they dot the lineup with, it's very hard to get by with. And Donaldson, I understand he runs into one once in a while, but to play a guy every single day and bat him in the middle of the order when he's hitting 150 is crazy. He's not only in the lineup, he's in the middle of the order every day. Guy's hitting 150. I mean, that's crazy. He struck out 30% of his at-bats. He has run into it. He's had 15 hits. He's had 10 homers. That's an absurd number. I agree with you that. Which means he can crush a bad pitch. Throw him a bad pitch. Throw, hang a slider to him. He can take it out of the park. He does have power. That's it. But he never makes contact, especially in a big spot. And if you think you're going to live with him every day, you know what? They're going to shut him down every time they need to shut him down, time after time after time. What can this Yankee team do? They can hope that they get a big one-two punch in the starting rotation. They can hope they get a big one, two, three punch by the middle of August in the rotation. They have a bullpen that'll assist them on a day-to-day basis most of the time, although it's been in a slump the last 10 days. But it's not a great pen because it doesn't have a dominant closer. And they have to go out and improve the offense and get a left-handed bat of some quality and some power. Now to the Mets. You would have liked to see the Mets off the five-game winning streak get a, slit, uh, get a split the last two games. San Diego's going to be a major factor in the second half. They have too much talent not to be a major factor in the second half. The Mets hit the break. At 42 and 48, 
They're seven games out. There's a couple of things that play to their favor. Number one, when you look at the wild card, the big negative is they have a lot of teams to jump. They got to jump the Phillies, Milwaukee, San Diego, which is going to have a uh, is going to be figured to be good in the second half. Chicago and then the Mets, forty-two and forty-eight, seven games out. The plus side is the three wild card teams at the All Star break are Miami, Arizona, and San Francisco. The the Dodgers have passed Arizona. These teams are not teams that you expected to be there. Any one of them or two out of three of them could have very vulnerable second halves. Is there some quality to worry about? Yeah, you worry about the Phillies, you worry about San Diego. How many games will it? I think you're going to have to be five or six games over 500 minimum to get a wild card. Five or six games over 500. So the Mets are going to have to play way over 500 the second half. You know that. They're going to have to play probably about 12 games over 500. Second half to get to the playoffs. Is it realistic? Probably not. Do they have a chance? Yes. Now, they really could have used Scherzer yesterday. And this is where you look at Scherzer and you say, wow, you know, his record's not bad. Yeah, his record's not bad, but he hasn't pitched well. And yesterday's a perfect example where, you know, it's a, not a, great, it's a good team. It's not a great matchup pitching-wise because they, they're going to throw a good pitcher at you. And, you know, he doesn't even let them get themselves settled into the game before they're behind. And he continues to get hit. And give up big home runs. Okay, he's, he's pitched 87 innings this year. And he has allowed almost a hit an inning. And he's given up 18 home runs. Yesterday he gave up two more. Including the three-run jack in the first inning to get the game started. When he goes out in a game they desperately need before the break, and he can basically unload it before the break, he goes five innings and gives up six hits and five runs and three walks and two homers. It is way, way unacceptable for who he is. And, and pitching to a 4.3 ERA, throw, not being able to finish guys as he has in the past, giving up a hit an inning, giving up 18 home runs in 89 innings, He's been really bad. The Mets need to go out and get a starting pitcher. If they want to be, and again, if he wants to wait, if they want to wait until they play the first two weeks of the second half before they go ahead, go ahead. They open it Friday night at home against the Dodgers. If they want to wait and say, let's see some good baseball first, they need to go out and get a starting pitcher who they can insert into the, into the rotation, and he's going to be right in the middle of the rotation. And they need to go out and get themselves another, another bullpen guy. 
because their bullpen still is way below what it has to be to make a serious run in the dog days. Their lineup's going to score enough runs. I, I believe that. Like, I, I expect better second halves out of McNeil and Marte. Alvarez is proving that he is a special hitter. I mean, he's done, he really has done a, uh, a great job. Plus, he has infused his personality into this team. He's got an immense amount of power. So you got, you got a shortstop who's at the top of the sport in home runs. You have a first baseman who's the premier or second best power hitter in the sport. You have a catcher who now is the premier home run hitting catcher in the sport. When you're getting home runs, you have a slugger who's going to hit 45 home runs in the lineup. You then have a shortstop who hits a ton of home runs and a catcher that hits a ton of home runs. Home runs is not a problem for you. Your center fielder hits home runs. Your shortstop leads the league in home runs. Your catcher leads the majors in home runs. That is going to supply you with plenty of pop. That is not a problem for the Mets now. The problem is getting consistency out of the other guys. Getting Marte to stop hitting the double plays in crucial spots. Getting a a real second half, a real performance out of McNeil is having a nightmare season. I could see them play much better. I expect better out of Verlander. I am concerned about Scherzer. They need another quality starter or a starter who they at least can go out there and give them six innings of three-run baseball. They can win that game when he does that. They need one more guy that they can insert into that lineup. I don't see the Mets as being anything in the way of sellers. First of all, the Mets don't need to save money, so that's not an issue. Number two, they don't have anything that they can really get anything for. If they, if they give spam to a contender, you're going to get nothing back. If they give Marte to a contender, they're going to get nothing back. Right now, I don't know why anybody would want him the way he's playing. If you give Robinson to a contender, you're not going to get anything back. Verland is going nowhere. No one's touching that contract. Forget Scherzer. He's got a three-year contract. He's got a four-and-a-half ERA. He's making $120 million for three years. You think somebody's going to buy that? What, are you out of your mind? Plus, he's got a no trade. You have to buy him out of that. He's going nowhere. Verland is going nowhere. They're not getting ready, rid of any piece that they think has future value. So they're not sellers. The question is, are they subtle buyers or are they buyers? If they want to wait and see if they play well the first two weeks of the second half, go ahead. They can wait till the end of the month and see if they want to buy. Then they can go out and buy a couple of pitches, which is what this is about. And the way the Mets buy a pitcher is they take a bad contract off somebody's hands. That's how they get a quality 
pitcher. They take a bad contract, even if it's a roster spot or somebody they have to de- get rid of afterwards. They get rid of, so they wash somebody else's books to get talent. That's what they do. I think the Yankees will make the playoffs. I don't think you're going to see them in the World Series. I, I don't think they're. I don't think I, that lineup will be ever good this year. And I don't know when. I mean, I'm going to expect Judge to come back sometime by September, but I don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in the rest of this year. That could linger, and they have to make sure they they prevent this from being a problem forever. And the Mets, hey, they're probably going to fall short of making the playoffs, but are they capable of making a run? They could make a run, but you know what? Odds are they won't. Because they're going to need Scherzer and Verlander to do it to get it there, and I just haven't seen enough from those guys to make me think they can do that, to get hot for two months. I'm going to come back with your emails in a minute, but first let me mention... uh, the Knicks picking up a another Villanova guy in uh, in Dante. Um, he's always been a favorite of mine, as have many Villanova players. Why? Because they play as a team and they win. That's why. Here's what he brings to the team. He adds to the rotation. He's versatile. He plays hard. That will now be part of this team. Brunson plays hard. Hart plays hard. Dante plays hard. They, he makes threes, which is something the Knicks desperately need. And he defends. So he fits the culture very, very well. And now the Villanova guys have controlled the culture of the team, which is perfect because they're team, team, team guys. So it's a positive move. Is it a, you know, a big, a big move that's going to change the face of franchise? No. It'll be even more subtle than the hard thing was because the hard cha- acquisition changed who they were. This will be... L- Less subtle, more subtle, but it will also be a positive, no question. It's a move in the right direction. It's a, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. It's not, a, it's not a giant leap, it's a step in the right direction. Your emails when we return. Want to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. Now remember, uh, our podcast is... Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Go to the Bet Rivers app for everything you need. Download the Bet Rivers app. It'll have everything you need for your wagering needs, especially as you head towards another big football season, which is right around the corner with training camps now. Right around the corner, once we reach the All Star break, you start to think football. Saratoga opens Thursday, makes you think football. Remember, in New York, it's Bet Rivers. In New Jersey, it's Bet Rivers. In Connecticut's Play Sugar House. And go get the Bet Rivers app for all of your needs. Now, the 
podcasts, you send them to mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. Let's get to some. Here we go. Doug, do you think that Daniel Jones uh, would have gotten a comparable contract elsewhere if the Giants didn't sign him? Yes. Not exact. This contract is not a killer for the Giants, number one. The Giants have outs. The Giants did not have to put forth a tremendous amount of guaranteed money. Uh, this contract, he, he could have duplicated. I don't think there's any question. Matt from Fairfield. Should the Mets take on most of Anthony Rendon's contract in a hypothetical trade for Otani? Uh, listen, that's the way the Mets can do things that other teams can't buy bad contracts, and the Rendon contract has been a terrible one. After his brilliant postseason, he has not been the same player. Um, but they're not trading Atani. That's not happening. They're going to ride him through this historical year. Um, he, from every indication, wants to stay on the West Coast. I don't think there's any way even the Met money, and even if the Met money is... 20% more, 10 to 15 to 20%, which would be an astronomical amount on top of the entire contract, more than any other team. I don't think it'll be enough to get him to come east. He has been very, very adamant about the fact through anything you hear from him or his connections has been that he wants to play on the West Coast. So if that's the case, I just don't see, I think the Dodgers have set themselves up to make a major move towards him. So I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't think he's coming east. Brian from Westport. Attended my first game of the season on 7-3 versus the Orioles. I think the new rules have created a little more intensity in the stands. The crowd was more into the game than I can remember since the move to the new stadium. I'd say that the rules have really quickened up the game and have been a distinct positive for the game. I agree with you, both in terms of attending it in person and watching on television. I agree with you. I think the commissioner did the right thing. But let me say this. If you're telling me that you think that people were more into the game than you've seen in a long time, I don't know what you're looking at. Because here, hey, go check baseball out. Or I hope you, have, you went to a game before every person had their own cell phone. Because now... When you watch the game on TV or sit in the stands, I sat in the stands uh, at the Yankee game a couple weeks ago, and every person stares at their phone, has their phone out. I mean, the entire game, they are in their phone. Once in a while, they're taking a picture. I understand that. They like to take a lot of pictures. But they are looking, they are texting people, they are in their phone the entire game. So that's the distraction at live events now, is not anything at the stadium. It is the people with their heads buried in their cell phones. That's because that's the way people are now 99% of the time, no matter where they are. Go on a train. I've never been a big train rider, but go on a train and look. It used to be everyone had a newspaper. Now everyone's got their head in their phone. The problem is when they drive, they have their head in their phone, which is extremely dangerous, as we know. The world has their head in the phone. So from that standpoint, 
I don't see anything being like it used to be because now everybody just has their head in their phone, no matter where they are in life. Matt from Norwalk. It was announced that Jerry Jones will have a 10-part Netflix documentary series about his life and career. Nobody will be more pleased with that than Jerry, who's got, you know, one of the more sizable egos in the history of mankind. Um, do you have any interest in seeing this? What do you think the audience will get out of it? Um, personally, I've always liked Jerry. He's always been very friendly. Uh, he's very nice. If you meet him, he's outwardly friendly. He, he can't do enough for you. I've always gotten along very well with him from that standpoint. Now, Jerry can't not be involved in everything because Jerry has to be in the middle of everything that's going on and he wants attention all the time. So Jerry will love this. Uh, Cowboy fans like stuff about the Cowboys. This will be about 50% about Jerry and 50% about the Cowboys, I would think. It will be about how he bought the Cowboys and the risk he took. Jerry was a wildcatter, which means he put his money, his stake on the line to find oil. He probably went broke 20 times on the way to that, and he got very rich doing that. That's how he's lived his life. He's taken chances. He takes chances. He took a chance when he bought the team. And he built it into something very big. Now, he hasn't built it into something very big on the field since Jimmy Johnson. When he chased Jimmy Johnson away because he was very jealous of Jimmy getting the credit rather than him getting the credit. So he couldn't leave Jimmy alone with the football. And he can't leave anybody alone with the football because he fashions himself a football guy because he played football in college. He thinks he's a football guy. And that's very detrimental to the team. Because he undermines his coaches. He undermines the discipline of his coaches because the players have a backdoor to Jerry all the time, which is completely detrimental to coaching there. And he interferes. He'd rather have someone who allows him to be himself than he would to win because a coach who would shut him off from his team, he would find something he couldn't live with. So if you're a Cowboy fan, you'll probably like it. But here's the thing. Let's be honest. The Cowboys, in terms of championships and playoff wins, have been a bitter disappointment over the last two decades. They won with the team Jimmy built. They won three Super Bowls, two with Jimmy, one with Switzer. That was it. They've won nothing since. And he made the, question, he made the statement that any of 500 guys could successfully coach the Cowboys, which proved to be one of the most ego-driven, dumb statements in the history of sports. And driving Jimmy away, who was a great talent evaluator and a great psychologist. He was not a great coach but he was a great psychologist of the human condition. And he was a very, very astute talent evaluator, which is what his strengths were. And he built probably the last team we'd call the last dynasty in the sport because there can't be one now. Brandon, can, you can only put one of these three players in the hall. Who do you pick? Albert Bell, Carlos Beltran, CC Sabathia. Interesting question. Albert Bell. 
I can't help but feel the Yankees are doomed for this year because of their hitting. Do you think the hitting can turn around enough with this group uh, if Cashman adds a batter to? I think he has to add left-handed, quality left-handed hitters with power. That's what this team needs. That's what it doesn't have. I don't care if they're platoon guys. I don't care if they're guys who don't hit left-handed pitching. They still get up 67% of the time, and they do a lot of damage. I don't care about that. I want left-handed power in that lineup, and they don't have it. Could they win it all this year? I doubt it very much. Could they be more formidable if they would add a couple of left-handed bats? Yes. Now that the Yankees have parted ways with their hitting coach, do you think they will hire internally or externally? Externally. Probably very quickly. Maybe even by today. Uh, but, you know, to me, if you've listened to me through the years, you know what I think of hitting coaches. I think hitting is an individual thing. Or explain to me what a batting instructor will bring if he has a... Ted Williams in the lineup and a Vladimir Guerrero in the lineup. How would he teach the two extremes? He can't. Batting instructors don't win because they have a way of hitting that works. Okay? There are different ways to approach hitting. Reniak had one. Lau had another. Ted Williams had another. The only difference is Ted Williams could do it. And the other guys couldn't. It's an individual talent. That's it. Everybody approaches it differently. You can hold their hand. You can be a psychologist. You can take them through preparation. You can be there to be a practice uh, coach. Fine. It still comes down to the guy in the box. I believe and always have believed for the most part hitters are born than I'm made. Jason in Jersey, I was dead wrong about how good Atani could be. What do you think is his ceiling and do you think he will end up excelling more as a pitcher or a hitter? A hitter. I think a hitter. Um, I want to see how good he is over the next five years. That's what I want to see. He's having a very, very special season this year. Let's see what it looks like before we make these historical judgments about Atani. You know, we have a habit now in sports of having a guy do it for one or two years and then placing him with guys who did it for 20 years. It doesn't work that way. Standing the length, standing the test of time, being great over a long period of time is the testimony to real greatness. It doesn't happen in one or two years. So when people start calling Atani the equal of Babe Ruth, I mean, please. He's got a lot of work to do before he gets there. A lot. Enjoy the day. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.